Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, and thanks for joining us for 5 Miles Easy, where we go behind the scenes on the highs, lows, and uphill battles on our running journeys and bring you conversations to inspire, motivate, and get you one step closer to your goals. So let's race up for 5 Miles Easy. Thanks for joining us for 5 Miles Easy. Today we are joined by Olympian Katie Snowden, and here's a snippet of what's to come. I'm always curious what my limit is, um, and I think that's what kind of keeps me motivated and, yeah, makes me want to keep training and racing because, yeah, I think it's just that, yeah, I'm intrigued what I can do. It's kind of also, I think, showed to me that you don't need to necessarily look at sessions and be like, wow, I need to kind of smash out of the park and it needs to be like A star. I think I've just consistently built like, yeah, almost like B plus one bit. And I started to think, gosh, am I ever going to be able to get back to the level that I was or even just run consistently? Because it was just so painful, even just walking around. I still had that kind of feeling like just being unsatisfied and knowing that there was more that I'd achieved so far. And I think, yeah, just again, that kind of curiosity to like see what I could do. I think that just always motivated me. Katie is a Team GB 1500 metre runner and has just had an incredible season, which has seen her go second fastest British female of all time. She also smashed the English record, which was previously held by Dame Kelly Holmes, running 3.56 in, on the track. She's an Under Armour sponsored athlete and finished sixth in the 1500 metre final of the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. We're so excited to chat to Katie today and find out all about her incredible season and life on the track. But before we get going, Steph, how's your week been? My week has been good. So it is a Tuesday today, which is session day for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is incredibly windy this week. Oh my goodness, the weather has taken a turn, which I know is the most British thing to talk about, but it really has. It has, I swear (laughs) it was summer last week and then it's like gale force winds today. Yeah, I think summer's well and truly done now. How did that go in your session? It was actually a really good session. I went into it knowing it's really windy, so just not worrying about the times. It's just about the effort. And the session was 4K, 3K, 2K, then 3 by one k So I knew it was getting shorter and shorter as it went along. So I thought just start an effort that feels like fairly comfortable and then try and pick it up. Um, and yeah, it went well because I just kind of didn't have too many expectations and I 
every time there was a massive gust of wind in my face, I was just like, just relax. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Control yeah. the controllables. And that really helped. Because, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So actually just don't battle it. Yeah. But don't fight just it. Accept it's it. It's mother nature. Yeah. Like you cannot beat it. So yeah, just chill out. Like the worst that's going to happen is you're going to slow down by like two seconds a mile. Yeah. So doesn't matter. And it's fine because <laughs> the effort's there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to take that into my session tomorrow because I have to say wind is my least favorite weather condition. Yeah. I can take wind, um, I can take rain, anything else, but wind is just it's really so frustrating. It's, yeah. I get really angry. angry. Yeah. I get really angry at the wind. So you just remind yourself, just be like, there's nothing I can do. Just relax, like keep relaxed and yeah. yeah. You'll be good. So I'm going to take that tip in and I'm also on the track tomorrow. So this conversation has come at a very good time because hopefully I'll get some good tips from Katie too. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting. I guess track running is very, we may do track sessions, but actually being a track athlete is so different to being a road athlete and just how the year is structured. It'll be really interesting to learn Katie's insights. Yeah, it, it just it feels like a completely different sport to road running sometimes, especially the yeah. marathon where, you know, you'll have two key races a year and it's it's very structured in that way and you you know, you just work towards those big races and the rest of the time you're kind of training. Yeah. But, you know, she has just this summer she's had so many huge races. Yeah. So I'm really excited to learn about what that's like. I mean, I just can't imagine traveling to all those places going into those massive stadiums, having that huge event, and then you must be pretty much back to training the next day. Yeah, you must be on this like high of adrenaline for the summer months, and then what happens in the winter as well? So what do track athletes focus on in the winter? That's gonna be another interesting thing to understand as well, because the focus is generally the summer. You're a really good track. Do you like going on the track? No, <laughs> I really hate the track. Like the, the distances where you can do it on the road and the track. So at 5K, for example, my PBs are always faster on the road. Yeah. I think it's because you've got so many laps. So it's kind of like mentally it's, it's harder. Really tough. Yeah, you can kind of you keep to a lap pace. Off, yeah. yeah. Whereas a road, you can kind of aim for something in the distance and be like, that's the finish line way over there. Like just keep running really fast. So I definitely find the road a lot easier to run on, but. Yeah, I, even in training, I tend to do better on the roads. And I think there's something in kind of learning. I learned to run on the roads. Mm. And I actually feel like my form isn't as good on the track because I, yeah. I've i never actually learned it. Yeah. You know, I started on the roads and that's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. But I totally agree with the mental aspect as well. I actually dabbled in a track season this spring. Not terribly successfully, I have to say. Could <laughs> not get to grips with spikes, which is another thing which I want to ask Katie about. Yeah. With regards to recovery, I don't know how she, these spikes are brutal. I don't know how she recovers so quickly. <laughs> but dabbling in track this spring really made me realize what a mentally tough game it is when you see your one second off a lap. Mm, exactly. How do you Especially keep it switched the, yeah, on? How do yeah. You switched on. And I, I mean, I was doing 10,000 meters, which is obviously a very different race to 1,500 meters. Mm. But still, you've just got to be so switched on all the time. You can't afford to lose a second yeah and don't you think it's a big margin isn't it yeah and don't you think it's a different pressure when it comes to racing because in a stadium there's no escape you're on show the whole race yeah so everyone can see if you're like oh she's not having a good race you're just like you're on display whereas on the road or across country you can kind of you know every 
every spectator can't see you at every point during the whole it's race, so you true, know? Yeah. So, yeah. Whole different angle to it. Yeah. Well, should we get on with the show and dive into all that? Let's do it. If you want to up your running game with a runner coaching plan, you can get two weeks free with the code 5MILES, that's the number five, the word miles, on the runner coaching app. Katie, thank you so much for joining us 5 Miles Easy today. You are fresh off an incredible season, so I'm sure you're pretty knackered. But yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to come in and spend some time chatting with us today. So our first question for you, which we ask all guests, is what's your why when it comes to running? Yeah, it's a good question. I think firstly, just enjoyment. I think I just love going for a run. Um, I don't think I've ever like, yeah, for as long as I've been running, stepped out the door, gone for a run and regretted doing it. I think you always come back feeling better than when you set out. Um, So I think that's definitely a big why. But also I think secondly, more from like a competitive point of view, I think to kind of see what my potential is. I think I'm always curious what my limit is. Um, And I think that's what kind of keeps me motivated and yeah, makes me want to keep training and racing because yeah, I think it's just that, yeah, I'm intrigued what I can do. Mm, And as Um, you've shown this season, your limit no. is you're <laughs> definitely not at it yet. It's just been really incredible not. to watch you. Um, yeah, so as Rose said, you've had an absolutely incredible season, massive PBs in the 1500 metres and the 800, uh, breaking Kelly Holmes' English record and going second on the all-time British list for 1500 metres. I mean, even just saying that is so incredible. Um, what's been the highlight of your season? <laughs> yeah, it's an odd one actually because I feel like on if I would kind of put it down on paper I think probably breaking four minutes in the semi-finals um, at world champs in Budapest I think that's probably like a more notable one but I think actually the highlight is probably British champs um, I just think with the strength and depth at the minute that we've got especially in the middle distance um, I think yeah that was just really special because I think it's not also often that you get everyone turn up I think sometimes yeah due to I don't know injuries yeah kind of illness it's not often that you just get yeah the kind of best that we have and I think this year having the likes of like Laura Muir in the race and Melissa Courtney running so well I think it just felt kind of extra special to know you'd kind of yeah not only beaten the best that we had but it's just so difficult to get a British title um and yeah and I've done British champs I don't know how many times over the years and I've medaled a couple but I've never actually managed to win it so I think that was just a kind of also like real turning point in the season that made me believe like I could then go on to Worlds and actually do well um yeah I think kind of just being competitive with Laura yeah amazing and what made you believe that you could beat her as well did you go in having any limitations thinking Laura's gonna win like what made you overcome that and knowing that you could beat her yeah I think a bit of it's just come with experience I think we saw last summer um how she was running some of the races I think there were a couple of times she kind of used that yeah 600 meter real like sudden change of pace so I think going into it in training I tried to kind of almost I mean you can never plan for what's going to happen you kind of have to be open but I thought it was likely it could pan out like that so I had in training practice for that kind of just sudden burst and um thought about if she goes what I'm going to do um because I think what I managed to do quite well which in past years I probably tactically got it a bit wrong is just put myself in the front and be ready for when that move was made um and I think that's come with experience but I think knowing that yeah I've kind of experienced it and I knew what to expect I think that gave me belief um as well as knowing that yeah the sessions have been going well and I felt like I had the tools to um kind of cope if it was fast or slow which I think yeah kind of previously I probably doubted whether um yeah I actually just had the ability to do it um so yeah no I think that was kind of a difference this year I just felt a lot better prepared for it that's amazing. And other than just having that race experience, is there anything else that you think 
has contributed to your huge progression this season? Because it does kind of feel like you've really taken yeah. a step up over this summer, in especially in the 1500 metres. Yeah, I'd say consistency is probably the main thing. Um, I think when I look back at the last few years, there's always been, yeah, either like quite a significant injury. I had a, yeah, a really bad time with a planter problem a few years ago and that took, yeah, almost like the best part of 18 months to um, kind of overcome. And I think that really set me back. Um, so I think the main thing when I look back at what I've done this year, it's not so much what I've changed, but just that I managed to consistently just do it like week in, week out over months. Um, Cause yeah, I had a couple of hiccups with illness, but yeah, touch wood, I've just not had an injury now for quite a while. And I think, just yeah that consistency not necessarily kind of smashing any sessions but just doing them yeah week on week and banking um mm. yeah that kind of solid work I think that's really paid off for me and I think yeah when I look back I've just not been able to do that yeah for basically since I was a junior really I've just always had yeah some kind of injury setback illness um whereas this year yeah probably in the entire last 12 months I don't know maybe missed two three weeks um that's yeah, awesome so it's just been so much smoother yeah and I think it's kind of also I think showed to me that you don't need to necessarily look at sessions and be like wow I need to kind of smash out the park and it needs to be like a star I think I've just consistently built like yeah almost like b plus ones that in the mm. past I maybe look at and be like oh that's not actually very good but I think once you just do it yeah week in week out that kind of trumps yeah kind of three brilliant weeks and then a week off or um, yeah I think if you can just consistently do it that actually produces better results and do you think that's what stopped you getting injured this time just not going absolutely full gas in your sessions yeah. and doing those A-star ones. Do you think that previously was what was getting you injured? Yeah, I think definitely. I think it's almost, I've just become more confident in not having to train that hard. I think before I almost was like, oh, the harder I run, the faster I'll yeah, run and the results will be better. And actually in hindsight, when I just, yeah, I mean, I had no choice but to do it differently because I just couldn't sustain it. Um, and I think, yeah, as soon as I saw those results consistently paying off, I was like, actually, this is what works. Um, so yeah, I think that's just been a real kind of shift in yeah how I've approached sessions. Um, and I think, yeah, once you see results, then it gives you even more confidence to mm. actually yeah, not feel like you have to go flat out every time. That's um, such a good insight. And yeah. it's just, you are right, it's having that confidence in it. Because I think, especially with things like Strava and Instagram, yeah, you look at people smash, smashing sessions and you think, okay, all of my sessions have to be that good. And then yeah. you go and try and you know, do those A-star sessions and it isn't sustainable. Yeah. So that is such an interesting insight that actually you found just believing in your own jam and yeah. the consistency has really paid off. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I think also what's kind of helped a bit is I think I train more from like a strength point of view now as well. And I think I've taken away, I don't know, I've always had in my head if I don't like kind of smash sessions and run really fast, then my speed will get lost and I won't be able to yet yeah, run PBs. But I think actually taking that more kind of, even though like obviously eight and 15 is my main events, kind of 3K, 5K approach, I think that's helped me, yeah, do a bit more volume, but just take out that intensity that I think in the past was just kind of making me always ride that very fine line of, yeah, almost, yeah, kind of being on the verge of injury all the time. Whereas I think actually taking a step back and yeah, I'd say I've done slightly more volume, but the intensity has gone down. Um, and so I think, yeah, just I've managed to cope with that a lot better. Yeah, and just knowing what works for you. Yeah. I think it's just um, so useful for everyone to know that everyone's different. Exactly, and yeah. For you, like having that strength approach is working and mm -hmm. yeah, not smashing every session. It's just, it's so good to know that you don't need to do that to be like one of the best in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so good. Yeah. And then obviously it still takes a huge amount of hard work to get to where you are. And as you said, you've had those injuries over the years. What's kept you so persistent 
and just believing that you could make it to where you are now and beyond, you know, mm. hopefully you can still build on this. So yeah, what's kind of kept you going and have you ever had doubts that you couldn't get there? Yeah, I think that's always quite a tough one. Cause I think, yeah, I've definitely had, I think it was a couple of years ago when I had the really bad plantar injury and it was just being so stubborn, I couldn't get rid of it. And I started to think, gosh, am I ever gonna be able to get back to the level that I was or even just run consistently? Cause it was just so painful even just walking around. Um, and I think that kind of forced me to, yeah, kind of have to do a few other things on the side and yeah, kind of explore other options in case running didn't work out. And I think that's the first time I've kind of really had doubts as to not so much that I doubted that I could, get to that level, but I doubted that my body was actually gonna hold up to be able to, um, yeah, allow me to get to do the training again. Um, so I'd say, yeah, that was definitely a really tough period. But I think once I kind of distracted myself doing other things and actually, yeah, gave my body a chance to recover and yeah, thankfully it did. Um, I think actually once I got back into the training, I still had that kind of feeling like just being unsatisfied and knowing that there was more that I'd achieved so far. And I think, yeah, just again, that kind of curiosity to like see what I could do. I think that just always motivated me um yeah to keep going and I think knowing that some of the training I'd done um yeah prior to being injured I still felt that was better than my results reflected so I was like I want to get back and actually yeah be able to do it in a race and kind of prove to myself I can be better um because yeah I felt like training had suggested that but I just hadn't been able to show it mm, you mentioned um, not being satisfied but now you've had yeah. such an amazing season and you must be so happy with it how does that how how do you feel going forward like do you still do you struggle with the getting that same fire or does it actually just drive you even more? I think if anything, it's kind of made me even more motivated because I think it's kind of exciting that I feel like, yeah, they're the sort of times that can kind of really put you in the mix. Um, I think kind of going into previous years, like if I'd kind of just yeah got to the Olympics, I was like, wow, this is great. Whereas now I'm like, I want to kind of be like, how can I in Paris in the final do better? Like it's more, I think my mind has just changed from, okay, this is so great that I'm here, but yeah, how can I, yeah, actually like position even higher? Um, so I think, yeah, weirdly, if anything, I think it's actually just made me more excited and yeah, motivated to train. Um, but I think also just keep, yeah, kind of doing it sensibly and not feel that I need to now suddenly go and yeah, train even harder and do more, but just consistently do what I did this year and just hope that by doing it for longer, that will bring like improvements in itself. Mm, take those lessons forward. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so Rose and I were discussing a bit earlier what, life is like as a track athlete because we're yeah. road runners so the season looks very different and I find it so interesting how a season looks as a track athlete because everything kind of goes into the summer so how do you kind of plan your year and your training like what how do you structure it yeah I think when I sit down with my coach at the start of each year I think a lot has to focus on British champs obviously because if you yeah can't run well there then you're not going to qualify for the team um, and obviously yeah, I think it's different to obviously how the road works that so much is down to that day um, obviously you've got to go and run the qualifying time beforehand but like a lot is yeah based on that result so I think when we look in terms of peaking you've always got to make sure that you're yeah in good form by I don't know what it is normally yes yeah, start of uh, end of June even um, start of July um, so I think that's always like a kind of key yeah period in the summer where yeah, you've got to know you're um, ready to run well and then yeah hoping all goes well then look at when the um, champs is because obviously yeah, that varies slightly this year it was quite late um, but yeah so I think kind of British champs and then yeah I guess both Europeans and Paris next year will be our kind of main period of trying to peak for um, and then I guess it's kind of putting in races around that that you think are going to be kind of good stepping stones to get you in the best shape for 
um yeah those races so yeah I guess over the winter is always a bit of a slog because there's nothing really that I would be aiming for um I think this year might try and do like a 5k road um yeah I'll go back to Flagstaff in November see whether yeah that's in the US or come back and just yeah have a hard run out at a park run um yeah there's kind of nothing really in particular that I would um yeah kind of have as a noteworthy race but just something to break up like the monotony of training um and then again indoors I tend to do it most years but it's more again stepping stone to just trying to um yeah i think break up training see where you're at but with all kind of eyes on the summer still i'm not really um yeah i've had good indoor seasons bad indoor seasons i never read into it too much um so yeah i think really as you said a lot of it's just down to the summer and between now and then it's just getting yourself kind of yeah in as best shape as possible um to run well at yeah trials and um, whatever champs it might be and then in that summer block you've got so many races crammed in what really fascinates me and again Steph and i were talking about this before is how do you presumably you've still got to kind of train in between races but then you've got the travel and you've got the races which must take a lot out of you especially in spikes i don't know how you do it (laughs) (laughs) how how do you do it how do you recover in time and and still train and fit all of that in and then deal with the travel yeah no it's definitely um I think something every year I still yeah I find really hard I think even if you've experienced it and you've done it a couple of seasons running it's still I don't think it ever gets easier um, I'm glad you said that yeah. so it was like yeah. these superhuman people no like. it definitely because yeah personally also, I just don't enjoy travel I hate kind of bouncing around and being living yeah out mm. of the suitcase um I think what some people do which I think they find easier is just bounce from like race to race and not kind of come home in between but I think I'm someone that likes to have a base. So I would rather yeah do a race, come home, kind of reset and go again. Um, personally, I find that helps. Whereas I think, yeah, some people would rather just kind of be on the circuit, hopping from race to race. And um, yeah, they don't like kind of coming home in between. Um, but yeah, I think it's also just, picking your races wisely I think sometimes you can kind of get caught up in your yeah offered a diamond league or you're offered a really good race and you just feel like you have to do it whereas I think this year I tried to be really smart with I knew Budapest was going to be at the end of the season and I didn't want to be peaking too early um so I actually didn't race that much outside of um yeah I think I did like two 800s one 1500 but that was it apart from British champs um and then yeah Budapest so I felt like that also helped me not get too tired from kind of yeah hopping around to too many places before I actually even had got to the champs. Because um, I think maybe that's also why on paper it looked like such a big leap that I'd suddenly gone from yeah four flat at the start mm-hmm. of the season to 356. But I think it was more that I just hadn't really gone to a fast race within the season um okay. otherwise a work in between. and just yeah kind of focused on yeah done a couple eights I did one diamond league but it was in the middle of like a Sam Ritz camp and it actually um yeah generally no one ran that quick at it anyway so I think maybe that could have been one that had it been fast um and yeah I tapered a bit more that could have been faster than um what I had opened up with the season but I think it's just having that confidence that it's there you just actually have to wait for the right race and the right time to do it mm. and do you have um, to go straight back to training the next day Pretty much. I also yeah did a few like kind of post race sessions this year, which is something like my coach keeps yeah putting in. I don't know if that's what yeah other people do, but I did Must not enjoy so those. Hard. I know he was very Mentally much like as well to yeah with all the adrenaline from race. the race and go into session, go and do one. And that's um, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was really tough, but <sighs> I guess it's just making sure that you don't then taper for too many races and yeah, yeah. kind of yeah miss the training and then yeah making sure that you've still got enough for um, yeah the champs when it comes around. Yeah, such a fine balance. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, it's very tricky. <laughs> <laughs> and you're part of the yeah. Mission Dark Sky Distance team project. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, team in Based Flagstaff. in Flagstaff. Yeah. yeah, so you don't like traveling, but you, if you do you like having a base for mm-hmm. training? So how does how does the setup 
would that team look like and how often are you in Flagstaff? How long do you go for? And do you like training there mm-hmm. versus being at home? Yeah, so I tend to do like three stints throughout the year there. Um, so yeah, I'll go back in November and I'll do anything from kind of four to six weeks. Um, so yeah, I'll come back kind of yeah early mid-December and then I'll go it again kind of in the new year, probably like early January. Again, it will be kind of four or five weeks. Um, and then, yeah, like you just kind of race off the back of it, maybe like an indoor race. Because, um, yeah, the US one's always, um, yeah, known for being pretty quick and good depth. So, um, yeah, I'll probably race there before I come home. And then I'll go out a third time. Um, yeah, do like a spring camp. So it'll be kind of, I don't know, end of March, early April. Mm-hmm. Um, stay there. And then again, normally open my season outdoors um, in the US as well. Um, and yeah, I love it. I think just Flagstaff as a training base. Um, I think it's like a brilliant location. Um, yeah, I found altitude really works for me. Um, I think that's something that's made a real difference the last few years. Um, and yeah, and also just a great group. Like you've always got people to train with, whether it's, yeah, kind of my like immediate group. Um, yeah, they're in kind of mission run dark sky or just the fact that it's such a popular place to train. You're always going to have, yeah, whether it's British athletes or athletes from other countries coming to train there. Um, and I'd say like we're quite an open group as well. We're not kind of really closed off if someone wants to come and join. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're always like more than welcome. And I think that's quite a nice, um, yeah, kind of setup to have. If I could go anywhere, even if I wasn't with a group, I'd want to go to Flagstaff. So yeah, it's kind of great so cool. to actually. So yeah. Just a complete running mecca. Yeah, I yeah, because have you not been? It's, I haven't been. Oh, no. it's amazing. Have you been? No, there? I'm no, not, oh, no. you have to go. It's just I think just like the variety of trails yeah. and you've got the option of there's a track high, there's a track low, so you can do the quality stuff when it comes more to um, yeah the outdoor season. But over the winter, yeah, you don't really kind of need to drop down. Um, but I just think all those options and yeah, you will never go to a trail and not have someone to run with. Like there's always company. Um, And have you since going pro, so did you go full time a couple years um, ago now? Yeah, so it was end of 2021. I actually signed okay. with um, Under Armour, but I'd actually already gone out that spring and joined the group because, um, yeah, as I said, they're yeah really open to kind of people joining in. So yeah, I just loved it, and yeah, I love the place. So and then since then, you've had way more time to be able to do yeah. stuff like that rather than be working here. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong, I love home and I love training in London yeah, as yeah. well. But I think having that place where you can just go and um, yeah, kind of break it up and yeah, have a change of scenery, it's, yeah, it works really well. Do you like the intensity of it? Because whenever I've done training camps, I go and join the Puma team out in North Carolina sometimes and I love it, but it is quite an intense environment and it is just run, eat, sleep, Yeah. I like think that? it's yeah like another thing I like about Flagstaff is it's a very place like that you can just it feels a bit like home in the sense of, like there's coffee shops there's restaurants there's things to do it doesn't feel like I don't know yeah you're literally kind of stuck up a mountain with nothing to do but yeah run eat sleep um so I think that's why I find it quite like an easy environment to be in in that sense there. yeah and like a rest that you can go to Grand Canyon or there's things that you can just go and cool. do that are just really fun and yeah not at all running related do um do a trip there yeah. Yeah. Telling us. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think and also like I don't live with teammates either um um, I will just go and book my own place or mm. um, yeah, yeah like this time when I go back I'm staying with two German athletes that are, yeah nothing to do with um, yeah kind of Under Armour and yeah not British or anything but I just think yeah you're always going to find people that you can go and live with fun. yeah what does that look like for you do you do you run on it do you like go out with friends what what's on the agenda yeah so actually like kind of different to how I've done it in the past I've tried to keep in yeah a couple really easy three four mile runs um on this break I think in my head yeah kind of two three weeks is always a good amount of time um kind of to have off from like yeah kind of proper structured training but I think just what I found in the past when I've completely rested and then started back yeah the old like niggle creeps in almost straight away and it's so frustrating so you're like I've just given myself a break like yeah it should have helped that I've mm. um rested and then I end up yeah picking up something Body so needs to run. exactly so <laughs> I've always found just doing a bit of like loading um 
whether it's even just some like activations in the day, just kind of keeping a little bit of conditioning in, I think it can make a big difference. Because um, otherwise, yeah, you go from the almost a really full on training program to just absolutely nothing. And um, yeah, I think actually, although you think you're doing good, I don't think always that is yeah, the way to do it. So um, yeah, this year trying it slightly different and um, yeah, just keeping it a bit of loading, but obviously yeah, very different. I to, think that makes sense. Um, yeah, and then, but you're also resting your mind as well yeah, because I you've just had a few thing, months of being yeah. so switched on and all these focuses and goals. So yeah. It's nice to just relax. You can still enjoy the running, but you're not like, oh my gosh, I need to peak for this race. Exactly, so. yeah. No, it's more like a kind of mental break, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah just that usual structure and feeling like you have to run whereas it's quite nice just yeah actually Mm. going out not caring about the pace and just like enjoying where I am running whereas so often you're yeah looking at splits and yeah not really taking in um yeah kind of what's around you so that's been nice how how long is it until you get really itchy and want to get back to it um yeah it's a good question because I feel like I could probably go at least like three weeks I reckon and then I'd probably start to I think it would also probably depend who I was like surrounding myself with um because I'm going to Cornwall next week and a couple of them are runners and I think if I saw them going out every day I'd maybe be a bit like oh I'm quite tempted to come yeah. whereas I think yeah otherwise I could probably yeah, go at least a couple of weeks and then um mm. yeah start to want to go but having said that like it's been quite nice doing the odd yeah easy run now I don't feel like it's been a chore or yeah I've thought god I really should go and do this but I don't want to um so yeah no it's been quite a nice yeah just being quite flexible yeah. Do you like cram your social life when you're when you're in the I off did, Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, I actually made a bit of a mistake because I flew back from New York on Tuesday and I looked at the flight date and it said the twelfth. So I was like, Oh great, I can do something on the night of the thirteenth. But I realised with the time difference I actually landed then on the thirteenth. Oh, yeah. So literally having like just got home, I was like, Right, I'm meant to be out in a few hours. <laughs> and then like, went straight to Soho and it was great fun. I'm glad I went. But yeah, when I realised I was like, Wow, I really need to just yeah, give myself Get maybe some sleep. Yeah, a couple of days just to properly um yeah, recover. But um but no, it's always nice seeing friends without the yeah, worry of trying to plan training around it. So um no, it's been really nice to be home and yeah, just do things like that. Yeah, I can so relate to that. I feel like after I always say to my friends in because I'm going up to Chicago mm. now is the time when I'm just going to be boring and then after Chicago I am your yes girl yeah <laughs> ask me anything, anything and I'm there Absolutely. so it's it's always a really such a fun time but I think mm-hmm. I get about a week and a half into it and I'm like wow I'm knackered I know I'm really exhausted no I've been the exact same I feel like yeah I'm a bit of a grandma like I'm like how do people do this like yeah every weekend just go out 9 and, 30 yeah. like one no, extreme to the other I but <laughs> yeah. I think it also helps like when you're then not focusing on training just having the, the distraction mm. of being able to socialize it's then you're still filling your day yeah. otherwise if you're sitting at home doing nothing exactly yeah you just want to go out and train right so, yeah for sure so yeah. um yeah no it's very nice to keep busy as well so I guess the next big focus for you is Paris next year. Yeah. Uh, what does the road to Paris look like for you? So over the next few months, how do you prepare for that? Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, spending time with Flagstaff again will be a big thing um, for me. I felt that really helped this year. Um, and I think now we're just seeing more and more people use altitude, um, particularly across yeah, the middle distance and long distance events. Um, so, yeah, I think definitely we'll stick with those kind of three main camps um, out there, which will play a big part. Um, and I think, yeah, particularly this winter, what I'm going to focus more on, um, yeah, with the goal of hoping it will help in Paris is kind of that 3k, 5k, um, yeah, not only training, but also race it a bit more. Um, so I think, yeah, although I probably won't, yeah, race really up until Christmas, um, if I did, it would probably be a road 5k. Um, and then indoors, I think the priority will probably be race 3Ks. Um, at the time I will probably absolutely hate it, but (laughs) it will all be hopefully, um, worth it come the summer. Um. So, yeah, I think that's going to kind of be a big yeah emphasis for me is just get stronger. Because um, I think we saw in Budapest, yeah, a lot of it, although obviously you have to be quick, it's having that strength to get through the rounds and just do like three hard ones. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of no good anymore having like, yeah, a kind of good 800 to be able to kick when 
yeah, they're going out so hard and they're doing that heat semi and final. Um, so I think that's something, yeah, I'm going to really try to work on this year. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, just kind of get ready for British champs. Cause I feel like, yeah, every year people will raise their game and you can never be complacent that, yeah, you're going to qualify. So yeah. I think a lot of the emphasis will be, yeah, being ready for, I don't know exactly when it is, probably end of June, early July. Um, yeah. And kind of doing everything to make sure run well there. And um, yeah, fingers crossed it will. And then will it be the same as normal as top two? at British Champs and then they may take other yeah. based on performances? Yeah, I think that's normally, um, yeah, the criteria. And I think, yeah, thankfully I've kind of ticked off the qualifying time already, but I'm sure, yeah, you've got to show form and probably run it again. Um, yeah. yeah, next summer anyway. So kind of feel like, yeah, one foot's, um, yeah, kind of in the door, but still, yeah, I've got a lot to do to make sure I definitely qualify. Mm. And you mentioned mm. the 5K. How different would the training be? What Like what would a typical session be? for 1500 meter for you and what would it be for 5k how different is that yeah so I guess for like 1500 I'd do things more just kind of like I don't know a track one would be maybe like 10 400s off a minute but kind of getting down to quite like race specific pace so more I don't what know. would that be per lap so I guess like 64s 65s yeah or whereas I feel like what I need to probably do more of is the more kind of I don't know two by three miles off I don't know whether it'd be like 90 seconds or two minutes like relatively short recovery and just kind of keep building up that like aerobic base because yeah I think it's kind of like the shorter lactic stuff I can handle quite well but it's yeah when they're more like road sessions and yeah kind of I don't know 10 minute intervals or something that's something I would yeah struggle with more but I think it's going to be really important for yeah getting through the rounds and being strong yeah, yeah. interesting something else that Rose and I are really interested in is the pressure in a track race so in a road or like cross country you know you've got people watching but you yeah. kind of run past them and then they don't see you yeah whereas <laughs> in a massive stadium you've got thousands of people and all eyes are on the athletes and you can't escape it because you're yeah. you're doing laps so you yeah if you're not having a good race it's clear yeah there's no hiding and yeah <laughs> so how do you deal with that pressure and yeah, is yeah. I think for me, I always find like the most nerve wracking bit of racing is almost the bit before and even maybe like the cool room. Because I think that gives you a lot of time just out with your competitors, kind of almost like overthinking what's about to happen. Um, and I think that's the really important bit to be able to stay relaxed, that kind of like 20 minutes when you're kind of yeah just sat there waiting to mm -hmm. go into the stadium. But I think personally, once I'm kind of on the line and I'm there, it doesn't really, it's not as much, it doesn't bother me, but I don't really take into account what's happening. I don't think about how many people are watching. I think, yeah, and as soon as the gun goes, like I don't, yeah, just kind of the, the nerves zone. are gone. Do the yeah. crowds help? I'd say they definitely do just having experienced Tokyo when it was completely empty. That yeah. was quite mm. like a kind of eerie silence where it just yeah. felt a bit, it just felt odd. It felt, I think like almost, a training session. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, a bit more nerve wracking. So you could hear like every little noise and I don't know, there was just nothing to, I don't know, I think normally like the yeah crowd, they kind of like drown out. I don't know, people just like muttering or like breathing or yeah. you could just hear everything. And that was yeah, quite strange. Such a weird atmosphere. Um, so I think actually personally, I'd rather a crowd be there. And I think it just yeah. gives you that like extra lift. Um, yeah, if you can kind of see it as a positive rather than, yeah, kind of feel that, oh gosh, so many people are watching me and this is quite nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say for me, the worst bit's almost, yeah, the bit before in the cool room rather than once you're out, I feel like, yeah, you've run around a track so many times, you've just got to... Um, yeah kind of block everything else out by that point do you have any mental tactics to deal with that 20 minutes in the cool room um I think just kind of staying relaxed um I think what I've kind of got too distracted by in the past is what other people are doing um because I think some people in the cool room I guess yeah it's very different for road because you don't always yeah have that bit when you're really just in a small room together um 
but like people just kind of tend to do weird things but it's like slapping their legs or I don't know making weird noises or I know some people kind of talk like almost like over talk and just mm. yeah it's kind of like nervous chatter and I think it's That's just me. not <laughs> getting like distracted by what's going on and just trying to yeah kind of whether it's like visualize the race or go over like a race plan um I think that's been useful whereas I think in the past I've just lost focus by yeah getting distracted by what other people are doing around me um so I think yeah that's something from experience I've just learned to just better focus on myself and um yeah kind of not worry too much about what's going on yeah oh that's awesome well hopefully Paris will be a better and more exciting experience in Tokyo <laughs> yeah, yeah fingers crossed you get there yeah, sure yeah, yeah we're so excited <laughs> to watch you on the journey and one last question for you that we ask all our guests and that is what is your high five me moment so the moment where you'd give yourself a high five I feel like there are a few from this <laughs> season alone <laughs> yeah yeah I'd say in terms of racing it would be yeah probably the semi-final in Budapest I think just breaking for uh, qualifying for the final um, that would definitely be one I think just like generally I think just how I managed to approach training I think just the discipline that I had compared to previous years where if I was set a pace it was threshold I just actually did it and I didn't kind of yeah just try and like smash it out of the park and then end up yeah with a niggle two weeks later mm -hmm. um so I think I'm more almost yeah kind of like proud of how I handled the training and um yeah just didn't overdo it um and I think almost more so maybe than some of the achievements um which yeah maybe sounds a bit silly but I just think that's probably one of the things I've struggled with most is actually just reining things in and just doing it um like yeah a bit more controlled than feeling like yeah everything has to be yeah flat yeah out. that's awesome because that's gonna um, reflect on seasons to come as well now that you've got that nailed down so yeah I hope so <laughs> yeah give you more high five yeah, moments <laughs> yeah amazing yeah that's yeah. such a good insight one I'm definitely going to be taking into my own training so Thank you very much. Thanks so much for joining us on Five Miles Easy today, Katie. It has been brilliant talking to you and yeah, just so excited for what's to come. We're going to be following your journey as we have been doing yes. the last few years. Hope all goes well for Paris. Yeah, thanks so much both for having me. Thanks for joining us for Five Miles Easy. See you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 